views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic, Dynamic pet, pet Duo. This week on the Pet Buzz, we're talking about Groundhog Day. February's Pet Dental Health Month. Our expert is here to discuss trends in pet dental health. Westminster kicks off with Meet the Breeds. This year, we're focusing on the cats at the popular New York City event. Did you know that Roger Stone is a dog man? Find out more about this Trump supporter. Good morning. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio, where we want to help you take better care of your pets. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. Hey, Nate is working with us in the studio today. We love that. We do too. Hey, Nate, what's up? Hey, how you guys doing? How do you like your new job? Oh, I'm loving it so far. I'm learning so much about pets and dogs and cats and everything. I'm 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 loving it. Good. You know, That's a good response. I think it's a great response because, you know, we feel the same way. I mean, every week we're learning something different, even though Michael's a veterinarian and we always have a vet on and read the news. We always find that we're always learning so much, more right? The more professional we are, the more we learn. That's a great way to kick off the show. So let's kick off the show with some celebrity pet news. So maybe you've heard Chris Pratt, Guardian of the Galaxy and the Passengers actor, just got engaged to Katherine Schwarzenegger. You know, the daughter of the Terminator, governor of California and former bodybuilder Arnold Schwarzenegger and his wife, Maria Shriver, you know, one of the members of the Kennedy family. But what we didn't know about Pratt is that he is a farm boy at heart. Well, it seems last Saturday he took to Instagram to announce that his you female sheep named Kako just took home a blue ribbon. And get this at the Fleece and Fiber Palooza. The actor owns a farm in Washington State filled with barnyard animals. And he showed a picture of her sheared wool that's going to be spun into a sweater just in time for this cold winter blitz. Pratt is toying with the idea of turning his farm into a meat producing farm. <laughs> so, of course, you know the vegans, the mm -hmm. vegetarians, PETA, and everyone is up in arms. Mm -hmm. That's typical. Mm -hmm. People are always complaining about something. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, so I've got some more intel for our global news block, and this intel is about Roger Stone. It seems <laughs> last Friday, President Trump's longtime advisor, Roger Stone, as you know, was charged with lying and witness tampering in connection with investigation into the Russia interference in the 2016 presidential election. Psh, it's like it. what we hear all the time. <laughs> okay, but according to the indictment, special Special counsel Robert S. Mueller, the third, in the indictment, it was written that Stone threatened to steal a dog. I mean, plus all the stuff that he did, he threatened to steal a dog. Okay, so although, I know it's kind of funny, right? Okay, so although the indictment doesn't name the dog or the dog owner, people close to the case, I know you're probably sitting there with like, it's gone, it's gone to the dog. Gone to the dog. All right. Okay, so. People who are close to the case say it's really about this guy named Randy Credico, a comedian and a former New York radio host, as the recipient of Stone's threatening of stealing his therapy dog. So Stone is now stealing therapy dogs. This one therapy dog was the Kutanda Talar named Bianca. 
Okay, so some folks just can't believe it because in Florida, Stone is known as really a dog man. He loves dogs. In an interview with the Washington Post last year about experimentation on dogs in federal research labs, and Stone and his wife are totally vehemently opposed to this. He said that him and his wife are dog and cat lovers. They own three cats and two Yorkshire Terriers, the latest of nine Yorkies they had owned over the years. And at one point, they even found a Wheaton Terrier that had been injured on the roadside. He said that him and his wife picked it up and took took care of the dog. One of the things that happened with the dog is that its leg had to be amputated. He's so passionate about dogs that now, now you're going to like this dog because you've been involved in politics over the years. He is so passionate about dogs that he said last year that he encouraged candidates for office in his Florida district to condemn the local animal shelter's euthanasia rates. He also said that he organized a small protest in 2018 outside of what he described as a shady storefront puppy mill store that sold sick dogs and offered dubious financing. And you know, we did that segment about financing on pets. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Is Roger Stone getting a bad rap? Is he capable of stealing a man's therapy dog? We want to hear from you. <laughs> a Russia investigation, you know, meddling into stealing therapy dogs. Is it the truth or is it not? <laughs> I mean, it's like comical, right, Nate? Yeah. Super Bowl Sunday is close to a national holiday. As you can get in the United States, any holiday is important in the United States. But this one is probably tops. So It's actually like having a holiday without having a holiday. So the game is continually the highest rated television event of the year. And this year it's expected to be no different with 72% of people surveyed by the National Retail Federation earlier in January saying they plan on watching the game, 72%. According to the NRF survey, the average American plans to spend $81.30 at the game time, which adds up to a total of $14.8 billion. That's expected to be spent by Americans come Sunday, food, decorations, clothing, all those good things. Which for us means team gear for your dogs and cats. Now you're talking. All right. Now here we you're go. talking. Here okay. We go. So Chewy's Petco Fanatics and PetSmart are selling the Rams and the Patriots official team dog jerseys, T-shirts, and other pet stuff from nine ninety nine to about forty five bucks. I suppose those are all licensed, right? Yeah, they're oh, uh, yeah, official they're all NFL. Licensed. Okay. So is your pet wearing a team jersey? Send us a picture. Yeah, we want to see We want to see it. We got to get it on our social, social media, media channels. Social media channels. <laughs> and, you know, we'll post pictures of our dogs. I got jerseys, bandanas, hoodies, T-shirts. You you name it, I got it. And oh, okay, but, but don't forget to check out the Puppy Bowl, too. Oh, yeah, we got the Puppy Bowl. We got bowl. the Puppy Bowl. Okay. Just like the Patriots, Team Rough and Team Tough. Are playing again. Yeah, it's kind of like the Patriots. You and I talked about that, Nate. Yep. There's never any another team. It's always Team Rough and Team Fluff. They need to get some new teams. Yeah, when are we going to get some new teams? Okay. Certainly not the Tampa Bay Bucks. They seem to be kind of slow bugging there. But <laughs> catch the Puppy Bowl 219 in Animal Planet on Animal Planet at 3 p.m. this Sunday, February 3rd. A pregame show will begin at 11 a.m. But you can also stream it right now 
at AnimalPlanet.com. For those without cable, streaming providers carrying the channel include Hulu Live, DirecTV, Now, PlayStation, View, or Philo. I think that's Philo. Philo, Fido, Philo, Philo. It's Philo, P-H-I-L-O. Okay, so it's official. Now I want to talk to you about, now here's some real global news. So it's official. Dog walking has reportedly been banned from public places in Iran's capital. I know, it's ridiculous all the things they do. I mean, they they were taking dogs away from people in the streets. Not such a long time ago. Or burning dogs with acid. Well, Tehran's chief of police, Poison Ramini, told state news agency Young Journalist Club, or YJC, that certain people who bring their dogs to public places cause panic and anxiety among the public. That's bullshit. That's really... (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I know. (laughs) That's just because people are so excited to see cute and and fun and loving dogs. He added that the local police have obtained permission from the judiciary to confront dog owners walking their pets in public and that people who walk their dogs in public should be dealt with very severely. Dogs are also banned from cars, he said. So police will seriously confront dog owners who let their dogs ride in their cars. I mean, what can you do in Iran? You can't do anything. You can't practice what they want to practice. You can't wear what they don't want you to wear. You can't have a dog. I mean, what can you have there? Mm. Right? Mm. And really, it's because their religion thinks that dogs are dirty. Mm. Well, wake up. That was like a million years ago when dogs were left out in the street. But dogs are good for people. Studies have shown they're good for your health. Studies have shown people who have dogs know their neighbors. Studies have shown blood pressure is lowered. Couples fight less with dogs. I mean, really, get with the program, Iran. Well, I tell you, I guess they haven't learned that dogs are very important in therapy for people's recovery. No. Medically. Well, they just kill them there. Yeah. What, the people there? The people are good. It's the leadership. Moving along. Despite warnings about the deep freeze settling over the Midwest this week, an Indiana pet owner allowed a dog to freeze to death inside his doghouse. Then tossed the dead animal in the trash. That was according to the animal shelter officials. It's against a city-county ordinance to leave pets outside when it's below 20 degrees Fahrenheit or in cases in which Indianapolis is under a wind chill advisory. And the reason I wanted to bring this story to light was because people need to know you need to keep your dogs inside in this bad weather. Absolutely. So violating that ordinance could result in fines of up to $200. I don't think that's enough. Indianapolis Animal Care Services wrote on their Facebook page, if you're a pet owner who can't afford to take care of your pet in this awful weather there are resources available to help you please reach out and ask for help before it's too late indianapolis animal care services said an investigation is underway and it could result in possible criminal charges you know what it should we remind you to keep your pet inside during winter freeze where temperatures are sinking down to as low as 55 degrees below zero in the Midwest. So as much as we love the year of the dog, it's over. And the 12th and final sign of the Zodiac, 
the Chinese zodiac begins. This year is the year of the pig, and the year of the pig is set to be filled with curiosity, luck, and generosity, just like those born under the sign itself. Did you know that the Chinese New Year begins on Tuesday, November 5th? I didn't. Well, and to celebrate the year, I got a new swatch. Check it out. Oh, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So this February, Swatch is celebrating Chinese New Year with the release of Gem of New Year, a salute to the pig and the positive effect it will have on 2019. Gem of the Year boasts a two-color scheme in Chinese culture. Red traditionally represents good luck and positivity, while gold symbolizes nobility and fortune. A brush gold-colored dial is etched with a sweet sow. And a red and gold pattern bracelet. I love that. That's the part I think is really cool. Reminiscent of ink block art completes the look. And here's the best part. Displayed in special packaging in the shape of a red geometric pig. Now, you guys, I'm going to make sure I put this picture of the pig on our social media pages because you've got to see it. It's so cute. But here's the best part. As I said, there's a squeaky surprise inside the pig. It even says, hello. Oh, cool. Isn't that cool? It says oink, oink, if you heard it. So, like I said, I'm going to post the picture of my new swatch. But if you're a pig lover, this is the swatch for you. Well, I got to tell everyone, I'm a little calmer now, now that the Iran story is buried. I'm upset about this winter story about the guy just casually throwing his dog in the garbage can, but I want to get a little competitive in a good way. People Pets broke this news story for us. It seems Hasbro, the toy and game company, has created the furry version the classic Monopoly board game. Okay, so it's Monopoly Cats versus Dogs. It's designed to put, to be played in teams. You can either be on Team Cat or Team Dog and literally take that classic battle, Dog versus Cat, out where it belongs on the board game. So that won't be out until June of 2019, but I can tell you right now, I'm all ready to play. But that's all the news for today. Stay tuned. We'll be back with our first guest talking about Groundhog Day. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. There are thousands of dogs and cats housed in shelters that need your help. Local shelter professionals and volunteers give their heart and soul to help unwanted animals and deserve your support. Americans give millions every year to national animal organizations. But unless you give to your local shelter, you can't be sure that money will make it to the pets that need it most. Adopt, volunteer, and give to your local animal shelter. To find your local shelter, go to humaneforpets.org. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm pet Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian, Dr. Michael Fleck. We enjoy being with you each week talking pets. You know, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Each year, the town of Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, celebrates the legendary groundhog with a festive atmosphere of food, music, and dance. The legendary Puxatawney Phil Sowerby is the name of 
of a succession of groundhogs who predict either six more weeks of bad weather or an early spring. Well, joining us today is Ron Plaucha, a member of the inner circle of the Puxatane Groundhog Club and a former handler of the Puxatana. Puxatani. 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 No, it's not an accent. It's Puxatani. Puxatani. <laughs> Puxatani Phil. Okay. Puxatani Phil. Ron, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Well, good morning, Dr. Fleck and Charlotte. Nice to be with you today. So did, how did Puxatane, Pennsylvania, become associated with Groundhog Day? Well, it, you know, it goes back to a, uh, actually to a European custom called Candlemas Day. And the uh, area of where Punxsutawney is located in western Pennsylvania was settled by, uh, among other people, a lot of Germans. And Germans, uh, the Candlemas Day was important for them. And there was a saying that if the sun shone on Candlemas Day, and Candlemas Day happens to be the same day as Groundhog Day, by the way, uh, that there would be two winters. you got to think now. So there were a lot of groundhogs in the area. And so if the sun was shining on Candlemas Day, all those groundhogs would see their shadows. And therefore, there would be that second winter or six more weeks of winter. And that's how it all got started way back in 1886, and we're still doing it today. That's the greatest explanation I've ever heard. Wow, well, I made great. a lot of that part up. But, okay, you know. good, good, but good. But no, seriously, <laughs> seriously, that's pretty much where it came from. Now, how old is Puxatani Phil? Okay, well, now you're probably not going to believe this, but I have to explain. Phil's at least 133 years old. Wow. And that's that's because every summer we give him a, a, the elixir of life. We have a <laughs> ceremony. And, and so... It doesn't work on humans, uh, so don't ask for a sample. Okay. Um, I actually make it. (laughs) Wow. You're really really special. We we actually have a couple inner circle members that have tried it, and you can pick them out right away. They're fat and bald. That's what happens. Okay. But so do they, so they make it too. You're not the only one then. Well, there are only a couple of us that have the recipe. Okay. Uh-huh. The recipe, yeah. Very. So I have to take it to the grave with me. Uh, I can't. <laughs> I can't reveal what's in. Very special. I like that. Well, how accurate is Phil? Well, <laughs> I have to tell you, he never makes a mistake. He's hundred percent accurate. However, here's the deal, now. You see, Phil does not speak English. He speaks Groundhogese, and there's only one human in the world that speaks Groundhogese, and that's the president of the Groundhog Club. And so when you see them up there on the stump face-to-face, the president um, has to interpret what he says. And sometimes he makes a mistake interpreting. So uh, that's, where the, that's where the fault lies right there. But you guys have multiple revolving presidents. So is it once you're ordained as the president that all of a sudden you get to speak groundhoggies? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh-uh. <laughs> Only the sitting president because he's got this cane. And if you ever notice, he taps on the door on Groundhog Morning with this this special cane. Uh-huh. It's made out of acacia wood, and that cane has been passed from one president to the other. And first of all, you have to be president, and then you got to get this cane, and all of a sudden you can speak Groundhog. Okay, now, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, it's what like, we had, okay, I yeah, got it. What we had to do, though, here a couple years ago, our president did make a mistake. Uh, he predicted an early spring, and we were up here in a snowstorm in April, and so uh, we decided we'd better send them back for a refresher course, and we had to go up <laughs> into the Himalayan mountains for six weeks. 
take a refresher course. <laughs> okay. And, and the worst part, there was no beer there either. So <laughs> that was the worst part for him. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking about Ron, we're talking with Ron Plouch, a member of the inner circle of the Puxatawney Groundhog Club, about Groundhog Day. Well, what other celebrations are planned in Puxatawney for today, February second? Oh my goodness, we have all kinds of, of things going on. So it's a it's kind of a weekend festival this year: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, the night before, we'll have a banquet. The, the night of Groundhog Day, we have the inner circle ball. We have a, a weather uh, museum here in Puxatawney. And every year, somebody is brought into the Meteorologist Hall of Fame. And this year, a uh, well-known figure, everybody probably knows Jen Carfagno from the Weather Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen is here already. I just saw her film crew. And uh, she will be inducted into the Meteorology Hall of Fame. But we have a park in the downtown area that's full of crafts and food vendors. And we have a, an activities tent, which has music going on all the time. And there are dances going on and just fun stuff for everybody. Does, that does sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, it I wish sounds, we were there. Oh, it is. Yeah, maybe next year. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, don't maybe. get any ideas. You're not going to be able to speak Groundhog's Ease. <laughs> and I don't have the cane. No, no. That's right. No cane. No, no cane, cane, no talkie. No Groundhog's Ease. <laughs> easy, easy. That's right. Yeah. But then there's the Groundhog. How do you get invited to the Groundhog's, the, uh, the Puxatawney the ball. ball? Yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh, the ball! Well, it's it was sold out a month ago. It's a uh, um, it's a big event. Um, we maxed out on the number of people we're allowed to have in the country club, and it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty neat thing. Next year, we got a date. We'll ask for tickets the, in January. Is that the Puxatawney uh, Country Club? Yes. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't know. How's the security? We could always try to sneak in as help. But, you know, if somebody asked me for a Coke, I would be like, no, I don't think so. Okay. You could carry a tray around. Yeah, sure. No, no. I'm a New York princess here. No, no. I I can pretend it's a little bit like Halloween. But, okay, so does anybody get to see Puxatawney Phil? I mean, is he passed around, you know, because I know he has a family, correct? Oh, yeah, well, he's got a wife, Phyllis, yes. Phil and Phyllis. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's okay. got a couple of cousins also to keep him company. Okay. But seriously, we are we are regulated by the Department of Agriculture, and, and Phil is cared for very, very well. I know that as a fact because I was handler. In fact, I probably would like to be cared for as, as well as he <laughs> is. Uh, so we protect him and, and his his wife, and and uh, and it's very important to us. That's great. What a great interview and so much fun. Yeah. Ron, thanks so much for being here with us today. But before you go, can you give us your website so we can learn more about Puxatawney Groundhog Club and as well as Phil? We have a website that's very easy to remember. It's groundhog.org. Just awesome. Great. That was uh, Ron Ploucher from the Puxatawney Groundhog Club talking about celebrating Groundhog Day. Well, up next, we're talking with veterinarian Dr. Jam Bellows about February as Pet Dental Health Month and trends in dental care. This is a segment not to be missed.
Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Welcome back to the Pet Buzz, a new experience in pet talk radio hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, veterinarians know that good dental health care is critical to a pet's health, but do dog and cat lovers know that too? Well, to help you and your pet maintain his or her health and wellness, we've asked our favorite veterinary dentist to join us and talk about trends in pet dental health. And that favorite dentist is... Dr. Jan Bellows, a board-certified dog and cat specialist and one of 190 dental specialists in the country. He's a past president of the American Veterinary Dental College and the current president of the Foundation of Veterinary Dentistry that sponsors the American Veterinary Dental Forum. He practices at All Pets Dental in Western Florida and Dr. Bellows, Good morning, and welcome to the Pet Buzz. Well, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so February is Pet Dental Health Month, but why is it important to take care of Felix or Fido's teeth throughout the year? Oh, it's so important. The teeth are the opening into the body, and if the teeth are infected, then infection gets into the body. And because most of our dogs and cats don't brush their own teeth, clients have to be very cognizant of what the teeth look like, how the breath smells, and also what they can do to maintain good pet health. So if if your pet has dental issues, is it better for a pet owner to take the pet to a veterinary dentist or their regular practitioner? Uh, Either way, some clients prefer most of their veterinary work done through specialists, which are okay, but other clients really want uh, to see their own veterinarians first, and the own veterinarian doesn't feel comfortable with taking care of whatever the dental problem is, they can refer to a dental specialist. And I think a lot of it also has to do with, um, you know, <laughs> location, location, location. I mean, at this point, because yeah. I know you, I would probably drive down to Weston if I had a dog or cat with a with serious, serious problem. dental problem, right. yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know and, you. And also... The veterinary dentist commonly, like we work with an anesthesiologist. So if the animal has 
problems or the client is very concerned with anesthesia, which everybody should be, uh, a lot of clients would prefer to go to a veterinarian that works with an anesthesiologist while their animal's under anesthesia for the procedure. Such a great, great point. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. And also, there's so many different changes in anesthesiology and anesthesia these days. So yeah. by having that extra specialist, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> you're going to get the best care possible. Well, if you're concerned and, and questionable about that, the, the level of anesthesia in that pet, um, you're, you're going to reduce the anxiety not only of the pet owner, but of yourself as a veterinarian. Okay, so let's move on with some current topics. So, snub-nosed dogs, brachyphacillic dogs, popular like the French and the English bulldog, and even our beloved English toy spaniel, as well as Himalayan and Persians, do they have certain dental issues? And if they do, what are they? Because they're so popular these days. Yeah, they're very popular. They're so cute, especially the pugs and Bostons, and they're, they're just adorable. Uh, The problem is that God wants to put 42 teeth in those dogs' mouths (laughs) and 30 in the cat's mouth. And the uh, breeding association, the flatter the head is, the better. So it's almost like an accordion putting these teeth very close together. So they are extremely prone to periodontal disease because the teeth are so close together and animals aren't brushing their own teeth. Plus, a lot of them are born with the teeth uninterrupted. So they sit in the jaw and some of them develop cysts. So if you do have a dog that has a flat face, it's very important that you take it to your veterinarian. The veterinarian periodically takes dental x-rays, evaluates it real well, and then gets you on a preventative program. And in our practice, we're not big on toothbrushing because it's just, it's hard for the clients to figure out how to do it right. Uh, so what we use are wipes, dental wipes, and we recommend them using it every day uh, to help control plaque and tartar. Great suggestion. That's actually a great suggestion mm-hmm. because I think it's really difficult, especially we know with English toy spaniels, you know, it's hard to get that mouth open and then the soft palate, it makes it a lot, it makes it very difficult. Okay, well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Dr. Jan Bellows, our favorite veterinary dentist, about the importance of pet dental health. You know, uh, Dr. Bellows, these days it seems that dogs and cats have more fractured teeth than ever before. So what are some of the causes of this? Can you describe the treatments for the dogs and cats with fractured teeth too? Sure. Sure, and I'm so happy you're bringing this subject up. It's it's one of my pet peeves that I walk into Whole Foods or I walk into our local Publix, and they're selling bones to chew on. And it just makes sense. If you chewed on bones and if your teeth didn't meet exactly right, you would break your teeth. And the unfortunate part of it is that underneath the enamel and dentin, there's a nerve. So the nerve's exposed, it's very painful, and eventually the nerve dies and bacteria gets up into the root canal and causes an abscess. And it all starts with the bones, it starts with antlers. Generally, anything that doesn't bend needs to be replaced, okay? So if if the product that you're giving, whether it's a nylon bone product or a regular bone or antlers or cow hooves or um, bully sticks, if it doesn't bend, then it's important that your animal doesn't get to chew on it. Your, your dog shouldn't chew on it. Fortunately, there are wonderful products approved by 
accepted by the uh, Veterinary Oral Health Council. It's called VOHC.org, which is an independent nonprofit organization that evaluates um, studies done by the products that will help control plaque and tartar and are uh, understood to be safe. So if, if the client loves their pet and they want to give them some treat, uh, the general idea is to give them a VOHC accepted treat. Great guideline. No antlers. No antlers. Okay. No, no bones. No, no. no butcher. Okay. <laughs> no butcher, right. <laughs> so we got braces. Of any sort. Uh, we got braces yeah. these and, days, is that correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Animals get, in fact, we, we're doing two cases today with braces, and it's not to give them a pretty smile. It's to make so the teeth that sometimes are born in the wrong place don't have to be removed so the teeth themselves are moved to a functional position so they're not making holes in the upper palate. So, so braces can be done. And it fortunately, it doesn't take that long, except most months, but most of them about three months. Interesting. So I would say the same is true. Like we mentioned the fractured teeth, but are you putting crowns and doing root canals too? When oh, absolutely, you, when you, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so if the tooth is fractured and the pulp is exposed, that means the nerve is exposed, there's a hole in the tooth where bacteria is getting in, the treatment for that is we remove the infected nerve with the same instruments that they use in people, and then we fill them with a product called gutta percha, which is the same thing that they use in people, and then we put light-cured bonding on top of that so it seals the tooth, and in over 90% of the cases, the tooth is saved. Wow. Uh, and depending on the animal, if, if the dog is going to still chew bones or, or we have one uh, yesterday that came in, the client still wanted him to chase after Frisbees, <laughs> then we place uh, metallic crowns on top of the tooth that we did the root canal on, so furthering, protecting it. And sometimes on teeth that are just worn down, and to prevent needing a root canal, they, we put a metallic crown. The metallic crown is made of titanium, stainless, and chromium. So it, it, we have hundreds of them in police dogs, and they do great. Okay, I'm going to ask the last question. We have about 30 seconds to wrap up. So as much as we love to see cute dogs on social media with their tongues hanging out, what do we have to be aware of with these dogs and their dental health care? Well, if, if the tongue is, is hanging out, it's fortunately, in, in almost all the cases, they do well. It, they don't dry out. They don't have to have surgery. But it sometimes represents uh, poor breeding. And that's probably the bigger position. The dog really doesn't want to have his tongue hanging out. Um, and because there's a significant overbite, where the upper jaw is just so far ahead of the lower jaw, the tongue has no, no place to, uh, to stay in. So it just hangs out like a tie. So it's, it all has to do with breeding. If, if you haven't recognized, Dr. Bellows really has fun practicing, doesn't he? And, <laughs> and, and yeah, we, I, I love what I do. And we want to thank you so much for joining us today. But before you leave, can you please give us your website so that we can learn more about you, your practice? Pet oh, dental sure. care? Yeah, the web website is, thank you, is allpetsdental.com. That was veterinarian Dr. Jan Bellows, who's president of the Foundation for Veterinary Dentistry, talking about trends in pet dental care. Next up, we're talking about bathing techniques for your pet. It's National Safe Bathing Month. Stay tuned. 
You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Here at the Pet Buzz, we're urban. Suburban and, and country. country. You know, protect your four-legged ones from the most dangerous room in your house, the bathroom. January is National Bath Safety Month, so we wanted to provide you with some safety tips to keep your dogs and cats without harm when you're bathing your pets. So, Dr. Fleck, why don't you start with our first tip? Okay, if you're up to the challenge, you can bathe your dog once a month or even up to every week if it's necessary. Bathing not only helps to keep him clean and healthy, it also keeps the home clean and healthy for yourself. You'll find it much easier to acclimate your pet to a regular grooming regime by starting when he is a puppy or a kitten. Before bathing him, always brush and comb your dog or cat thoroughly, correct? Trying to untangle wet, matted hair can be very difficult for you and uncomfortable for them. Exactly. Well, I think one of the keys to bathing your pet in a safe manner is to really stay organized. Keep everything together. So before you put your medium or large dog uh, in a tub or your smaller dog or cat in the sink, you want to have the following supplies ready. Cotton balls, pet shampoo and and conditioner, a hose attachment and and two towels. It's always a good idea. And we learned from last week's guest, the organizing goddess, remember Sharon uh, Lowenheim, to keep all grooming tools and supplies in one caddy. In terms of a hose attachment, we prefer the Aquapaw pet bathing tool because it easily fits over your hand and works as a sprayer and a scrubber in one. And I actually made sure to put a picture up on our social media channels. Additionally, if you click it in the middle, it has a center button that allows allows you to turn on and off the water. So that way you can always use both hands when bathing your pet. And you know what? Let's avoid injury. We suggest that you use a rubber mat to avoid having your dog slip and injure himself, Mm -hmm. just like us. For cats, we suggest that you put out a thick towel just in case Felix wants to dig his claws into something. And not you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Also, to provide a bath time distraction. We also like the Aqua Paw Slow Treater, which suctions to any flat surface. Mm-hmm. Spread peanut butter, soft cheese, or cream cheese in the center. 
Stick the apparatus to any smooth surface and let your pet enjoy it. Yeah, so you just stick it on the side of the tub and your pet will lick it as you're giving him a bath. That's a very smart idea. The Aquapaw Slow Treater is freezable, stackable, and dishwasher safe. Very cool. I think so, too. It's actually, I think, one of the another great invention that had come out in the pet industry. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking about bathing your pet safely to prevent injury to Felix or Fido, as well as yourself. So one way to stay in control when you're bathing your pet is to have a leash and collar on your pet so he's less likely to jump out of the tub or the sink creating a messier and maybe even expensive situation like a broken leg. How about another safety idea and that is to have a bath towel or mat on the floor which can prevent you, you from slipping on a wet floor. Mm -hmm. Additionally, it is a good idea to close your bathroom door before you get started. We don't think it is a safe idea to chase a wet pet around the house. Also, before you get started, we suggest that you turn off your cell phone because you really don't want to be distracted when you're bathing your pet because a lot of times the phone will ring and you'll be confronted with the situation. Do you leave your pet in the tub or the sink unsupervised? No, it's better just to turn off the phone and get the phone calls after the bath session is over with. What about the pet's ears? Mm -hmm. I think it's always good to plug the pet's ears with cotton balls. Okay, why is that? Well, it'll help avoid getting water in the ear, creating potential ear infections. And of course, that could be a costly vet bill. Oh, I bet. But let me remind everybody, Mm -hmm. once you put them in there, you got to take them out. So when you're done, take them out. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good point because sometimes people will forget. Yep. Next, when you do wash your pet, you want to wet the coat with warm water. Instead of rubbing in circles, massage or knead the shampoo into a lather. So I always say, think about it as squish, 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 squish. So your pet's wet, the shampoo, you're squishing the hair. You want to avoid tangling your pet's hair. Um, and you also want to thoroughly wash the ears, the rectal area, and the feet. Scrub those feet really nice and well. And lastly, shampoo your pet's head, being very careful not to get the shampoo into his eyes, ears, or nose. Wash your pet twice, rinse thoroughly three or four times, making sure you want to remove all of that shampoo. And then you can condition your pet uh, with a cream rinse and always rinse out the cream rinse. I think that's one of the best ideas. You don't want to, you don't want that to dry and get him to have a flaky, uh, flaky skin. Yep. Don't forget about Terrell's shampoo. That's mm-hmm. helpful too. So when you're done bathing your dog or cat, gently squeeze the fur all over his body to remove all the excess water. Then towel dry him by blotting on the coat. Mm-hmm. Comb and brush his or her fur again to make sure there are no tangles or mats left. If you wish. Finish the job by using a blow dryer on a warm setting, not a hot setting. A warm warm. setting. And last but not least, clean up the tub and the supplies, but you also want to make sure you dry the floor and throw all the towels to avoid your injury. No one wants to slip and fall, especially if you're an an older gal or guy, like a senior. You don't want to end up in the hospital. Nope. And if you want more information about bathing your pet safely, as well as the tools we've mentioned, visit our social media channels or our website at thepetbuzz.com. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back talking with a representative from the International Cat Association, that's TICA, about the upcoming AKC Meet the Breeds event.
When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. To order better pet health for your dog or cat, visit www.epi-pet.com. Welcome back to The Dog Show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch snuggling, ball chasing, face licking, and of course, companionship. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive, and now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, the happy dance so common with this group. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Dynamic Pet Duo is back at you. I'm petrinologist Charlotte Reed. We are giving you some pet buzz always to get you and your pets through the week. You know, the Westminster Kennel Club week kicks off with cats too. Yes, cats. Dogs aren't the only ones featured at the AKC Meet the Breeds. This AKC Meet the Breeds marks the International Cat Association's sixth time participating in the event. Joining us today is Anthony Hutcherson. Anthony is a cat breeder, a Bengal cat breeder, one of my favorite breeds, and the Mid-Atlantic Regional Director for the International Cat Association. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz today. It's my pleasure. Great. So before we get started, you have Bengals. How long have you been showing Bengal cats? I attended my first uh, show uh, exhibiting my own cat in 1995. Okay, so it's been a while. Bengals. Cool, cool. Yeah, absolutely. In 1993, so a, a little bit. And then have you always shown in Tika? I know there's Tika as well as their CFA. Yeah, actually, Bengals were just accepted in CFA in 2017, and I haven't taken the time to show my Bengals there because uh, the great work at the world's largest genetic registry, that is Tika, keeps me pretty busy. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. So tell us a little bit about Tika. You said they're the largest cat registry. Yeah, we are the world's largest genetic registry for cats. So we register cats based on what they are, their genotype, and they are shown based on what they look like, their phenotype. And we're the world's largest registry for household pet cats. Anybody can register a street cat, a shelter cat, a rescue or foster with Tika, and they can compete for titles. So we're really happy about the uh, putting all cats on the same level playing field of appreciation and love. I think that's great because everybody loves their cat. I I mean, most people think of me as a dog person, but I actually used to show himmies, and I have one Himalayan left. Uh, my cat was number 12 in the country and number one in the Northeast region when I showed my cat. So wow, you know, I got some cred. I got some cred. Anyway, what I wanted yeah. to know is how many breeds does Tika recognize? So we have 70 breeds that have reached championship status that compete in cat shows for titles and international honors like the one that you were able to earn with your cat. And then we have uh, anywhere at the moment, I think it's nine, and it may be another one added to it in the preliminary or advanced or registration status, people who are working on newer breeds that they want the uh, 
concern and the evaluation of our registry, our judges, and our genetics committee as they work their way up. So 70 cats, 70 different breeds are accepted and uh, nine different breeds in the new breed category. Wow. Well, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Anthony Hutcherson, Breeder and Mid-Atlantic Regional Director for the International Cat Association, and we're talking about the AKC Meet the Breeds event. So, Anthony, tell us about Tika's participation in Meet the Breeds. Well, Tika is all about friends, felines, and fun, and I couldn't think of a better partner than AKC Meet the Breeds and Westminster Kennel Club so that we could uh, demonstrate the aspects that we bring to the table of uh, pet life and love and pet so life and love. we're really excited cool cool pet life and love i like that friends felines <laughs> and fun i like that too i think that's super cool now is it very similar to the way the dogs are shown i mean are there booths with the different cats and the history are the people dressed up exactly so it's a little bit of uh, breed history and the aspects of the breed that make them distinctive or unique and a little bit of cat owner cosplay. Uh, not everybody that's participating is a, uh, an enthusiast in the sense that they're raising or breeding cats, but some are just owners who happen to have a pedigree cat they want to show off. Well, I have to tell you, when I was doing research for this interview, and Nate, you'll find this really interesting. Nate's my recording engineer. You guys know he's new, and we're so happy to have him. He's a dog person. Um, well, I, when I was perusing around during the interview, I saw two things. The first is at the at the Tika, uh, AKC Meet the Breeds, they show agility for cats. Now, a lot of people have never seen that. They can't imagine what that's going to be like. But I happen to see a New York Times article. Well, Anthony, there were two big pictures of you in the New York Times doing agility with your cats, with your bangles, in your, is it Port, is your Port Tobacco, Maryland residence, correct? That's right. That's right. So, so tell and me. And it was a lot of fun. I bet it was. Now, how did that work? How did you get into agility? Was it like a natural progression from showing cats? Uh, it was. Uh, my cats like to do things, and I like to do things with my cats. And so Bengals are a little bit different, or at least the owners of Bengals tend to interact with them a little bit differently. They want to do stuff. I want to do stuff with them uh, beyond just petting them. So they like to play and run and jump, and I give them an object to go after, and they do it. And Bengals are really a cool cat. Tell us a little bit about the Bengal breed. So they were developed by a woman in Southern California to create a little cat that looked like a leopard. And uh, her name was Jean Mill. Uh, she was a mentor of mine. And so through the hard work and selection of breeders for the last uh, 30 years, they remain one of the most popular breeds of cats. You know, big shout out to my friend Franny Scaife down in Palm Beach who has Bengal cats. My first Bengal I ever took care of when I owned my pet sitting service back in the day was Jazzy and then his sister Princess. So I have been a big Bengal fan for a very, very long time. So, and that's why it was so great. It was like kismet to have you and you show bangles and do agility with them. So I thought that was was really cool. Also, it seems that you are friends uh, with Dr. Liz. I saw a oh, video. Oh, Bales, yeah. Yes, Dr. Dr. Bales. I saw you in a video with Dr. Bales. I thought that was very charming. And I love her her Phoebe's feeding system, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Now, does uh, do you feed your cats with her feeding system? 
I use it for treats, I'll be honest with you. Now, I don't use it as a primary feeding source just because I have more than one cat. And right. I need to make sure everybody eats, and so it, it makes it a little more difficult. For, and you're raising champions, but. so you got to, you know, I understand that, but it's a great <laughs> feeding system. I'm going to actually put that up on our social media channel so people can see that because I think it's a great, it's one of those great ideas. You know what I mean? That just is a great Absolutely. idea, but it works so well. Okay, so why should cat lovers come out to meet the breeds? And this uh, on this upcoming Saturday, and cat lovers should come so they can see the full array of beauty that cats can come in mm-hmm. in terms of the breed depictions, colors, hair types, length, no hair at all. Uh, we're going to have some special events with a, a little fashion show for people who like to dress up their cats. Cats we will that have dress a- up, huh? Huh, interesting, interesting. There's more to this event than meets the eye. That's right. And a game show that uh, I will host called Leopardy. It's like Jeopardy, but it's based on cat trivia with some cool cat prizes donated by some of your favorite cat companies. Okay, hit me with one question. Let's see if I can answer it. Probably not, but I'll try. Sure. Uh, Let's see. What ancient civilization is well known for their depiction of cats as deities? Egypt. You won. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Wow. You're making me feel like a champion star. No wonder you're so great with your cats. Okay. Oh, you are a champion. <laughs> well, thank you. Anyway, last question. Where, when, and how much are the tickets for Meet the Breeds? Meet the Breeds will take place on Saturday, February 9th at Pier 92 in New York City, right in Manhattan. And I believe tickets are $30 that you can get at akcmeetthebreeds.com. I think it's wonderful and it's reasonable for a great, fun, and educational experience. Anthony, before you leave today, could you be so kind and give us the International Cat Association <laughs> website? Sure. Visit us at tika.org. That's T I C A dot O R G because all cats are fantastic. <laughs> That's great. Well, that was Anthony Hutcherson, the Mid Atlantic Regional Director of Tika, the International Cat Association, discussing Meet the Breeds. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about next week's show. Before he was a major league pitcher, threw a no-hitter, and then a perfect game. Before he made history, Mark Burley was just a kid, cut from his high school team twice. Before Bear taught himself to predict seizures and inspired thousands by saving his owner's life. Before he became a hero, he was just another dog in a Texas animal shelter. There's hidden potential in all of us. We just need someone to see it. Find it at adoptapet.com. We're back, and you're listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. You know, I always really dislike this time of the show because we got to wrap up the show. Yep. But before I go, I want to give you a preview for next week's show. Well, next week, we're going to be talking about the 143rd Annual Westminster Kennel Club. I am so excited. I am too. That's the dog show. That's the dog show. So, but before we go, we've got to thank our guests. Special thanks to our guests, Ron Plaucha. Dr. Jan Bellows, and Anthony Hutcherson. And of course, we always want to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products 
for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write us at teamatthepetbuzz.com and we'll cover your question and our next show. And just so you know, you can always follow along on our social media channels as the show airs. We post our thoughts, notes, and pics so that you can have a thoroughly enjoyable experience as you listen to the show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember though, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program.